Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd. I'm Dina Marie Hale, your host, and with me in studio is Archbishop Alexander Sample. And in today's program, we are going to be discussing the value of ongoing faith formation. You know, in every age, we should be learning about our blessed Lord and His Church. Archbishop, as we begin this again, time of education and inspiration, please lead us in prayer. Yes, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, You sent your son Jesus into the world to bring us the gift of salvation, redemption, new life, the gift of eternal life itself. Father, your son Jesus taught us so many things about your love and your mercy and about how to be faithful disciples. We ask that you be with us during this radio program as we talk about the importance of our our growth in faith and our knowledge of all that you have done for us throughout history, but especially through the passion, death, and resurrection, the earthly life, and the teachings of your Son, Jesus. So we place this time in your hands, Lord, hoping that it will inspire in the hearts of our listeners a desire to go deeper in their knowledge of our faith. All these things we ask through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. Holy Mary, our hope, seat of wisdom. Pray for us. St. Joseph. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Archbishop, I'm seeing on all of the websites and all of the parish bulletins, all the new things that are coming out for fall, opportunities to come together in small groups, in Bible study, in prayer, in formation from the littlest kids to the oldest and everywhere in between. But as we look at our Catholic journey as a baptized Christian, what should be our approach to forming our faith, to living it out, to not just going to Mass, as we maybe so casually say, but this becomes part of our life, and there's a way in which we should form ourselves to be disciples in Christ. Yeah, my starting point uh, on that, Dina Marie, would be there has to be a clear and dedicated awareness that faith formation, our growth in faith, and and I, I speak here primarily about uh, the the catechetical aspect of that, the faith formation, the the knowledge of our faith, the the understanding of the mysteries of our faith, uh, the deepening of that understanding. The starting point is to recognize unequivocally that this is a lifelong process. That the, that the formation of Christian disciples, mm-hmm. those missionary disciples that Pope Francis so often speaks of, this is a lifelong process. We're never finished. It's, in other words, it's not like going to school mm-hmm. where you study for a while and then you graduate and now you're, you're, you're quote unquote done. This is not, not the case at all with our faith and with our, our deepening in the knowledge of the faith. 
Uh, it, it has to be seen as a lifelong process. We are never, never finished uh, growing in a deeper knowledge of our faith, probing deeper into the mysteries of our faith and the teachings of Christ in the Gospels and in the living tradition of the church. Uh, rather, we, we continue to grow and deepen in that understanding, which then must be reflected in how we live, uh, having been formed as those disciples. I mean, look, I, I'm 60 years old now. <laughs> I have been a priest for th- over 31 years. I've been a bishop for more than 15 years. I am still learning. Mm-hmm. I am still being formed and not just, you know, spiritually, which is important as well in my own relationship with the Lord Jesus and, and, and the Holy Spirit and our Father in heaven in my spiritual life, but in my knowledge of the faith, in my understanding of the teachings of Christ and our church, I'm still growing in this. I'm still deepening in this. I'm still learning. I mean, I, I you know, and, and, and our, uh, our wonderful friends at Mater Dei Radio here uh, will be happy to hear this. I listen to Catholic radio almost all the time in the car now when I drive around and I, you know, listen to programs like, you know, Catholic Answers or I listen to, you know, Call to Communion or any of these other wonderful programs. I'm learning things all the time. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you listen to an apologist or somebody and say, wow, I never thought of it that way. Or, oh, that's a new insight. I, I, or, I never knew that. Yeah. You know, especially some, to some of the scriptural stuff, you know, and, and, or even some of the historical uh, stuff in the church, you know. I'm growing all the time in my faith. And, and, but this is, not, this, this is for all of us. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, we're never finished. This idea, and I, I, I have a, a, a confirmation homily that, that I've given from time to time over the years about you know, confirmation is not graduation. Mm-mm. And we've done such a, a good job of sort of training our, yeah. our our people, our young people especially, to think that that's what it is. It's it, Now I'm finished. You know, I'm, 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 I'm confirmed. I've finished my catechesis. I've finished my faith formation. I'm confirmed. I'm quote unquote done. No, it's only the beginning. Confirmation is only the beginning of a, of a deeper commitment to Christ, a deeper commitment to, to the church, a deeper commitment to living the Christian life and a deeper commitment to, to continue to grow in our understanding of all that God has revealed to us. And sometimes, Archbishop, maybe think about when we're talking about faith formation, there's something about what I do, my participation, but it grows deeper into a community, a small group, parish life. It's not just me and Jesus. There's something about a whole community learning together, learning from one another, going through the thick and thin of things together. That formation um, is different than a classroom setting, like you say. It's something about living life. Exactly. You know, it's it's. I mean, the catechetical component of what I what we refer to as faith formation. Sure. Because faith formation is is a broader category uh, than just catechetical mm-hmm. formation. But the catechetical component is very important. In other words, a a, a deep knowledge of our faith, that we understand what the church believes, what she proclaims to be true, that we know what that is, and that we understand it uh, on a deeper level, on an an ever-deepening level. So, so the, the the intellectual, if you want to call it formation, is is a, is a very important component of this, and I think that's part of been part of the problem, uh, is that we have so many Catholics who are so 
poorly catechized. Uh, and, and, and that often leads to dissent then mm-hmm. from church teaching. You know, we have, you know, we've referred before to this poll that, that the Pew Research Group came out with some years ago, a few years ago now, that only a third of Catholics, those who profess themselves to be Catholics, believe uh, in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. That's shocking. And that is a complete failure of catechesis. Uh, that that people don't know what the church believes about the Eucharist, what Jesus has revealed to us about his body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. But also it's related to how we celebrate the liturgy, I think, as well, when we don't celebrate it well, when we don't celebrate it with that awe and reverence which it deserves. It it weakens. So when when Catholics reject sometimes church teaching or they don't believe it, oftentimes they just don't understand it. Mm And so that's that's so that so that's an important element to it. But faith formation being that broader category of being formed in our faith, formed in faith, the virtue, the theological virtue of faith, which is more than just an intellectual assent to a, a set of, of of doctrinal propositions, but it's much deeper than that. To to be formed in our spiritual life, so that it's a, it's a formation of both the mind and the heart. And, and that formation of the heart to love God, to love Jesus, uh, to, uh, you know, dedicate our life to him, to turn our life over to him uh, is, is, is part of that formation. And that, especially uh, that component, happens in, in a communal setting in the church, as you point out. And this is the way it's been from the beginning of the church. You know, we are formed in our faith, in a, a, a communion of the church because what we believe, what we profess in the creed, we profess as, as a community, as, as, as a people who gather and, and express that same faith. But it's in, those, it's in those interactions with fellow pilgrims along the way, if you will, that we can, our faith can be strengthened. We can learn from each other. We can be uh, helped along that way of each other. And I, you know, I think there's, there's, you know, for adults especially, um, I mean, we form our children in, 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 in group settings, even homeschooling, you know, families, you know, usually have more than one child. They're, the children are formed in a, in a, in a communal setting. But, you know, when, when, when the children are in our, our Catholic schools or when they're in our parish faith formation programs, we're, we're forming them in community uh, to understand even what the church is as a communion of believers but as adults especially, I think I find that, that I mean, yeah, there, there, there's a lot of Catholics who, who just are voracious readers, <laughs> and they read all kinds of wonderful materials that help deepen their faith, and they listen to things like Catholic radio uh, or watch you know, a Catholic television like EWTN or others. But I think there's a special value, and people seem to really love gathering with, with fellow Catholics, whether it be a Bible study whether it be you know maybe something from Ascension Press and the uh, uh, you know some video series that, that are out there, where they can have that communal experience of formation and catechesis, but then share with one another, uh, you know their insights into those things and to to support one another. So I think you know we are formed as the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know the church is the mystical body of Christ. Uh, we are all His members. And as members of the body, we're meant to be in communion with one another, and we, we, we are formed into the body of Christ. We grow as, as the manifestation of, of Christ's presence in the world 
in that communal setting. So I think, you know, when 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 adults get together for uh, you know, adult faith formation experiences or Bible studies and the like. Uh, it's just an incredible experience uh, for people. And, and the sad thing is, in the average parish, uh, when you look at the folks that are going to Mass on Sunday, uh, the, it's a very small percentage that actually uh, go beyond and, and, and want to participate in, in some kind of a group uh, of faith formation activity that, that, that the parish might offer. But it's very important. Yeah. I know as you're talking, Archbishop, about Catholic Radio, I've heard people talk about reading the Catechism of the Catholic Church, particularly converts to say, well, as I read that, I understand, now I want to become Catholic, or the Baltimore Catechism Mm -hmm. is referred by those who have been exposed to that teaching. What are the role do our catechisms play in really learning? What are the real teachings, and, and what do we believe as Catholics? Absolutely. You know, I grew up... You know, and I, 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 I remember it was years ago now. I was, I was a very young bishop at the time, or a newbie bishop. I remember standing up on the floor of the, of the conference, the USCCB, at a meeting and saying, I think my generation, though my age group, if you will, was the first generation after the Second Vatican Council that experienced this, this um, desert, really, of, mm-hmm. of faith formation. You know, after the council... Um, the the Baltimore Catechism, which had formed generations of Catholics in the knowledge of their faith, at least the intellectual part, had been sort of kicked to the curb, but there was nothing to replace it. Uh, I mean, I, I you'd be mortified, I think, to see some of the catechetical materials that I grew up with in Catholic schools. You know, the catechisms that we had were so light, so fluffy. Uh, and not very substantial, mm-hmm. and not really imparting to me a, a deeper knowledge of the faith. I graduated from 12 years of Catholic education, uh, grade school and high school, and I, what, what I did not know about my faith could, could fill a library, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and it's, it's a sad thing. And, I, mean, I, and, and, I, and I, I ascribe no ill will or ill intent to, to my formators in those years. It was a very confusing time mm-hmm. in the church, really. I remember that time very well. It was like, what do we believe anymore? Mm-hmm. Where are the catechisms that used to be very clear about what we believe? They were gone. And, and so people were struggling, and, and some catechisms were being produced at the time that were actually contrary to the faith and you know, were, were, were being used. Uh, I won't mention any names, but there were some very famous catechisms back in the 70s and even into the early 80s that actually were teaching things contrary to what the church really believes. And these were being presented as authentic Catholic catechisms. Um, we mentioned uh, in our last program about Father John Hardin and his catechetical work. You know, he produced a catechism, the Catholic catechism, uh, that was one of the bright lights in that, in that time that was very solid and clear. Well, that all changed when St. John Paul II gave us the catechism of the Catholic Church. And, and the catechism of the Catholic Church when it came out in its English translation, and I think it was in 1994, if I'm not mistaken, in, in the English translation, this was a great gift mm-hmm. to the church. Great gift. I think it's one of St. John Paul II's greatest contributions to the church was to provide for the church a catechism. You know, we had the Catechism of the Council of Trent, which was put together after the Council of Trent, which is still, you know, a perfectly valid catechism. Um, 
but uh, the Catechism of the Council of Trent was was meant to sort of embody in a in a written catechism sort of the the teachings and the insights of the Council of Trent in response to the the Protestant Reformation. The and the Baltimore Catechism, for example, was really modeled off of that that Catechism of the Council of Trent. Well. The, the, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the new catechism that was produced, as I said, I, I believe in 1994, might, you, know, might, you might call it the, the catechism that, that brought forward the insights of the Second Vatican Council. Uh, so a lot of the insights that the Council Fathers had for the Church in the modern world um, are incorporated into the Catechism of the Catholic Church. So I, I always tell people, you know, if you want to know what does the church teach? Don't rely on websites. Mm-hmm. Don't rely on this speaker or that speaker or uh, this priest or that priest or, heaven forbid, even sometimes a bishop uh, say things that are that are off the wall. Quite honestly, go to the go to the catechism. Yeah. Go to the source. Mm-hmm. It's there. Mm-hmm. That's what we. If you want to know what we believe, there it is yeah. in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Look it up. And, and so we have the, the universal catechism of the Catholic Church, which is divided into those four sections, you know, that, that uh, talk about the, the creed itself. What, what, is it that, what is the dogmatic content? What do we believe? Uh, there's a whole section on, on the sacraments that, that catechize us and teach us about what are, what are the sacraments and what do they mean for our lives and what do they do for us. Uh, there's a section on the, uh, our, our response to, to God's love for us in, in the moral life. How do we live then? as disciples of Christ. And then the final section, which is, I think, St. John Paul II's real contribution to the catechism, is on prayer. How do we have a relationship with Mm -hmm. the Lord in prayer? What is prayer all about? So what do we believe? How do we experience God's grace in the sacraments? Mm -hmm. How do we live Mm -hmm. in response to that in in the moral life? You know, what 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 are the moral teachings of the church? And then how do we have that relationship with the Lord in prayer? It's a great resource. Now, in the U.S. bishops, that's the universal catechism of the Catholic Church, which is, quite honestly, I think every Catholic should have one in the home. Mm -hmm. Folks, if you don't have a catechism of the Catholic Church, for heaven's sake, get one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, so you you have that resource to go to. But also the, the, uh, the intent was also for national bishops' conferences to produce their own catechism based off of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. That's basically what happened with the Baltimore Catechism, taking the Catechism mm-hmm. of the Council of Trent, but then making it a national catechism for the United States. Well, the bishops have also done that. We have the adult catechism of the Catholic Church, which is the U.S. bishops produced catechism, which, you know, it's, it's a little easier read, if, if you will, a little uh, not as in-depth, perhaps, as the universal catechism, but it's a very solid, valuable and valid a catechism mm-hmm. of the church. So those two resources, to have the catechism of the Catholic Church, the universal catechism, to have the U.S. adult catechism, to have those two pieces in your right. library, I think is extremely important. Right. And Archbishop, as you talk about the catechism, it, for somebody who isn't familiar with reading it, the approach, because not only do you have each of these, you talked about the creed, prayer, sacraments, the moral life, but then all the footnotes oh, that heavens. take you back into saints, into church documents, church fathers. It's so rich what's on one page oh, absolutely. of the catechism. No, absolutely. You know, it's the, the catechism is an incredible resource because, yes, in the footnotes— 
are references to the teachings of the councils of the church, not just the Second Vatican Council, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Council of Trent, other councils of the church, the church fathers, the great writings of the saints, St. Thomas Aquinas and others, writings of the Holy Fathers, the popes. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's another book called, uh, I, what is it called? Is it, it's not the, compa- I think it's called the Compendium, compendium. Of, the, of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. So what's neat is you know you'll you'll see a footnote reference to some writing, let's say, of Saint Thomas Aquinas in the Summa Theologica, you know, question, you know, Article One, question, whatever. Well, if you go to the compendium, which is a thicker volume, you can actually see the entire mm. text of what that footnote is. So you don't have to go scrambling. Well, where is that? Where do I find? Where do I find the Summa Theologica in this particular question that Saint Thomas Aquinas is addressing? Mm. You've got the compendium. You can go right and read the words of St. Thomas uh, that that footnote is referring to itself. So you'll have the full text that each footnote refers to in this compendium. So that's another, that's that's going deeper. Right. So for families, for young adults, a way that we can approach, so it doesn't look so intimidating, because yeah. if you open that book, and mine is real small print, so they need to get a bigger <laughs> print size. They need that large print edition <laughs> for us as we get a little older, edition. Dina Marie. I have it in my Bible, but not in my catechism. <laughs> but it can be. If, if I'm going to approach this and go, okay, how do I start to read this to understand how it applies in my daily life. Yeah, I, I you know, this is, this is one of the, you know, uh, in, in, in reading the Bible, you know, people who want to read the Bible, and if they say, I have a goal to read the whole Bible, the worst way to read the Bible is to start at the beginning and read straight through to the end. That's really the worst way to read the Bible, because you'll, 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 you won't get the full mm-hmm. historical, theological context. You, so those guides that are out there to help guide you through the reading of the Bible uh, in, in, a, in a particular order that places things in, in, in more a, a sensical way that can, can come to life for you more. But the catechism uh, is, is, is one of those things. I, I think you really can start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, it really, because the creed section, yeah. which is the first section of the catechism, starts just laying out who is God. You know, it starts with the most fundamental issues and questions of, of God, of creation, of, of the creation of, of the human person, uh, and, and, and everything that we believe about, uh, about God, about the Holy Trinity, about creation, about the human person, about Christ, about salvation, about the church, all of that is there. So, uh, but then you can also, you know, you could, you could start reading the section on the sacraments, mm-hmm. you know, as well. Or you might want to do both, you know. If you're interested in the prayer life, you can just go straight to the section, the fourth uh, right. part of the catechism on prayer if you want to learn about how to pray. Or if you have moral, uh, if you want to understand the moral life and how the church approaches moral issues. Because, you know, it isn't just that people have this idea somehow that the church just has these arbitrary moral rules and laws. No, it's profoundly rooted mm-hmm. in, in Scripture. The, the moral teachings of the church are profoundly rooted in Scripture. They're profoundly rooted in, in our theological uh, history and tradition. They're profoundly rooted in natural law, which is unchangeable. We can't change natural law. And, and so you, you, get the, you get the underpinnings. And we have a whole methodology for how we approach moral issues, you know, how, how, we, how, we, how we analyze things, yeah. moral acts uh, as good or evil. 
So you, you know, you you can you can kind of start anywhere mm-hmm. uh, in the catechism, depending on what your what your interest is. Right. Or sometimes, if you just have one question, you know, you know, what does the church teach about purgatory anyway? Well, you, you go to the Look index. It it's got a great glossary uh, yeah. and, and a great index, very thorough index. Mm-hmm. You can go, you read, what, what, what does the church say about purgatory? It's a great catechetical tool, but also a great apologetic tool, right. you know, to help uh, understand, but also to, to defend the teachings of the church when we find them challenged. Mm-hmm. And Archbishop, as we come to a close, what faith formation for me should lead me into is a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes, to build my intellect and understanding yeah. and my desire and thirst for knowledge, but to know that the one who made me thirsts for me, that yeah. that should guide us in everything. Well, I think that well, that's really the starting point, to be honest. You know, it isn't just about the formation of, of the mind. Mm-hmm. I uh, Seriously, and I don't mean to be flippant about this, an atheist a complete atheist can memorize the catechism sure. of the Catholic Church and can pass all kinds of exams about what the church teaches. But if there's no relationship with God, then it, it, it is for naught. And so it starts with a relationship with God. It starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, you know, as we fall in love with God and really fall in love with God, then we want to know everything we can about him and about his son Jesus, who is our Lord and our Savior, who loves us with, with, with an incredible, infinite, unconditional, everlasting love. So that, you know, I, I often say that when, 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 a, when a young couple, let's say, begins to fall in love with each other, you know, uh, you, you want to know everything about that person, don't you? You know, you want to know what they like, what they don't like. You want to know their whole history. You want to know everything aspect of their personality. Uh, you want to know what they think. Uh, you want to just you're just you're just so in love that you want to know everything you can about that person that you're falling in love with. Well, that's the way it should be in our relationship with God, with Jesus. That where as we fall in love with Jesus, as we realize God's profound love for us, poured out especially in His Son Jesus. That should spark in us a desire to know everything we can about him and about what he, what he tells us, what he reveals to us, what he teaches us through the scriptures, but also through the living tradition of the church. So it does. It starts with a relationship. And the knowledge of the faith should, should increase that relationship and strengthen that relationship because it, it isn't just a formation of the mind. It's, it's, it's maybe, I want to say, almost more importantly, a formation of the heart. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Our hearts must conform to his sacred heart. Thank you, Archbishop. And I encourage people to continue. Get that catechism. That's what I learned today. (laughs) Get that catechism. And read it. It's not going to do any good if it's sitting on your shelf. Read it. Spend time on a daily basis. Read the Bible and the catechism. Absolutely. Would you help us close with your blessing? Yes. And through the intercession of the Holy Mother of God, Mary Most Holy, May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families and loved ones, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. Amen. And thank you all for listening to The Voice of the Shepherd on Mater Day Radio. We look forward to sharing with you again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale, and until our next encounter, may you have a blessed week. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. 
please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you.